and a three and a two and a one. I should look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> God. Starting strong. Oh, yes. Oh, right, here we go. Hello, and welcome to the DC United Kingdom podcast. This is season three, and it's episode eight, and I'm your host, James Graham. Yes, I did balls up the intro once before, but, you know, we're, we're here, and we're going. Um, as you see alongside me, he's returned for the second week in a row. It's Daniel Wise. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, I'm, I'm really happy you're bringing me back, uh, especially... After the rough showing that I had in the last episode, uh, uh, well, putting, the <laughs> putting the Berg in Middlesbrough oh. and uh, calling San Jose San Diego, which are, you know, <laughs> kind of inscrutable dunks uh, for for like sort of not intentional reasons. So, you know, it's fine. I guess. We'll, we'll allow it. It's, it was your first one of the year. So yeah. you, you're allowed a free pass. So as long as you don't make the same mistakes again can only get better from here things as the song goes things can only get better yes it's a it's a, it's a wise song that one um so yeah how have you been this last week you know um we'll get into it but you know uh, taking the good with the bad mm. i suppose um you know it was it was uh all things considered a really relaxing weekend yeah. uh spent it with my lady friend and we um didn't do a whole lot. It was it was very very nice. Uh, one of those, especially for the fact that this summer we're going to be um, more or less running around with everything, um, yep. with with quarantines lifting and people getting a little more into the flow of travel. Um, yep. I, our our June and July is going to be absolutely insane. So yeah. I think as it as it stands right now, you know, she is coming. She's a teacher. Oh, right. She's okay. coming off the end of her year, so yeah, you know, she's been dealing with a whole lot. And you know, uh, this week is Teacher Appreciation Week. So, Adrian, I love you, and uh, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. But you know, big up it, the teachers. Yeah, big up absolutely. the teachers. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, we. Um, we we just kind of took it easy and i think that's mm. what we're going to be doing until things start to really pick up so yeah. yeah that's that's uh what's what's been going on but like i said good with the bad um i i felt a little bit pessimistic about <laughs> the uh dc united san jose game um but obviously didn't, didn't... not pessimistic enough yeah uh, i think i think they heard that the fact that you called them san diego and they really wanted to put it to you is is there a san jose uk sj uk there isn't no there uh, is no isn't. san jose uk so you you're lucky on that one you might have had a bit of a ribbon after that <laughs> but no there's no one i don't know what there's not one for every team over here at the moment so we need to we do need to increase it so if you're out there in the uk and for some reason you're not supporting dc united feel free to set something up for one of the other teams that don't have it but Search for hashtag MLS UK to see all the great content from all the MLS UK people because there is some great stuff out there. Um, but yeah, we probably should uh, talk about that San Diego game. Um, I am going to stick with saying San Diego because it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I mean, I, I, I wanted to say something, but I was just like, 
I'm just going to let it roll. See if anybody else picks it up. And it did. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We we have a very eagle-eared uh, member of the supporter group chat. Yes. He was very much on top of that, which... <laughs> Yeah, not not a whole lot gets by him. Uh, his his no. name is escaping me at the moment, but he is very very sharp. He is indeed. Um, right, so we probably should talk about that last game. So let me just. Uh, but before we do, let's do that. Let's run over our score predictions. So, in the last show that you were on um, before the San San Diego game, you decided that you would think DC United would do a one one draw. You were wrong. But so was I, um, because, you know, I thought we would win and that clearly did not happen. Um, So we neither of us get any points for last week. So but we'll come on to the next prediction later on in the show. Um, Let's run some stats from that game. So obviously the scoreline was an unfortunate 4-1. I would say that one quietly, but we did win on the possession stats. I mean, the actual stats were 47.5% to 52.5%. we won on the a total amount of shots. We um, had 18 attempts on goal to uh, San Diego's 12. and uh, But they did win on the on-target front, so they had nine shots on target to our seven. Um, but we did draw on the fouls, so we had 13 fouls apiece, which is a lot less than the previous game um, where we were having a free kick given every other minute, which was just ridiculous. Um, one start I did see, actually, and I haven't written it down in our show notes, but there was no offsides. That's a crazy stat. In comparison to, I think, what was it, the Revs game, where it, it seemed as though the ref was blowing the whistle at mm. every single opportunity, um, this game was brisk. Uh, yeah. For for me, if I were to kind of sit someone down and, and show them, you know, a, a good version of soccer where players are doing what they're supposed to, yeah. staying up, playing right uh it was it's it's one of the kind of easier games to watch where you know yeah. the the action just sort of flows and that was that was something that we definitely saw in this yeah. game i don't think the referees have a lot to to have a part to play in that um, so that was good um expected goals i was like looking at this one um ever since it was brought in on my favorite uh, football management game football manager um shout out to that um for helping me become a dc united fan um and it was san san jose had 1.5 goals expected to our 1.6 so realistically this game should have been a draw and i don't think anyone would have argued if that was the case um because we did have a couple of good chances and we will talk about that in a brief moment but um yeah that, that was a bit of a shock to me um especially the scoreline at the end of the game, shortly after when I tweeted out, I did think it flattered San Jose quite a lot because it was, I thought we had plenty of chances, as is rightly shown in the amount of attempts on goal that we had. Mm. We didn't play all that badly. It was just moments of madness, uh, like Junior Moreno playing a dummy, which yes. I don't understand what he was doing on the first goal for that. Um, we were very slow out of the blocks. Um then Briant showed his age. He couldn't keep up yeah. with Cowell. Um, that was unfortunate. It, it's it was going to happen at some point. Um, he's he's old. He's I think he's thirty five. So yeah. his legs are going to be gone. Um, 
And then I think it was, was it the last goal that we should have, um, when Saga missed that uh, open opportunity? Yeah. And then they went straight down the other end and made it 4-1. So we went from what should have been 3-2 to 4-1. Um, but yes, um, what did you make of, of the game overall? How did you see it? Were you of the same impression as me as it should have been a draw maybe? Or do you think um, San Jose to, had enough about them to win that game? Um, to be completely honest, uh, my take is very different. Um, yep. For for one thing, um, from the start, I think San Jose showed a completely different tone um, in terms of aggression, directness, mm. and overall, um, I think, think organization okay dc united uh i felt like the teams played at two very different speeds um Mm. dc united to a certain degree is still um not quite reaching that that cutting edge in the attacking third yeah, uh, you're yeah, yeah. still seeing a lot of misconnections, uh, whether, you know, you're sort of seeing, you know, it could be just uh, one thing having having Nyman out there, 17 years old, very yeah. talented, uh, but doesn't quite have, I would say, the vision. No, no, no. For that I, midfield I would agree role. with that. Yeah. Um, but that will come I, with experience. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I think what you saw was a lot of work between Gressel and Assad. Uh, mm-hmm. You had a lot of passing. In fact, uh, kind of looking at your um, uh, sort of passing network sheet here, yeah. uh, you just see that, you know, th- those two were really working well among each other. Yeah. Uh, Gressel very aggressively making his runs downfield. Yes. And, and I think was a huge bright spot in the game. Um, yeah. uh, and, and to a degree, I will say, uh, and it, by extension, uh, Sorga is, is still um, pretty high on my list in terms of like players I look out for uh, yeah. in, in, in how they move around the field, how they try to yes. get open. Uh, and, and this is the heartbreaking thing because uh, Sorga, I think really has a nose for the lanes that a number nine should be looking for yeah. uh, making his runs. But the unfortunate thing is, is that nobody is really picking him out. Yeah. I mean, and, and that is very, very frustrating because, you know, there were a couple of times that DC had some really nice breaks uh, catching uh, San Diego's uh, defense on the, on the back heel. Yeah. And Sorga had a couple really, really nice runs where he had space and all like, I want to say like Assad had to do was kind of look over and yeah. get, get a ball to him. And he would have uh, made a, a big contribution, but unfortunately that's just not um, how things shaped out. And so it's just the same story uh, that the offense or, you know, so the downfield players are not quite finding each other Yeah, and we're having to get goals from defenders yes. uh which our one and only goal came uh came from alfaro so uh we're newcomer to dc and and yeah. you know great to have him but uh you know man um that yeah this is and this is frustration that has been somewhat um percolating 
uh, you know, for the better part of whenever we lost Rooney, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so, you know, that's just something that um, once we lost that, I don't know this, this team has, has felt somewhat lost. Um, yeah. I think there's a way to fix that going forward, but we can kind of get into that, uh, you know, once we sort of start <laughs> kind of, kind of, fantasy footballing yes. uh the the columbus game but yeah you know sort of getting in depth you know what did you sort of see you know obviously we kind of have two different visions you know yeah. so what were what were some of the brighter spots that you were picking out in this game i mean for me i i mean the saga thing is a bright it's a bright spot and a dark spot at the same time obviously the dark spot as i've already said is that missing that open goal opportunity and yeah. the fact that was called out twice in the uh, post-match press conference once from Lasada didn't call Eric out um, by name but yeah. mentions the situation yeah. um, and then Felipe saying that you had a word with Saga at the end of the game just saying yeah. what the heck were you doing you should have just put your laces through it which is absolutely right he yeah. should have put his laces through it rather than trying to pass it in there um, but Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, as long as he takes the learnings and the fact that he should just put his laces through it. I mean, yep. he knows where the back of the net is. He's scored many times um, in his career so far. Granted, it was in the Estonian League, and that's a different level. Probably not quite as good as MLS, let's put it that way. Yeah. But he knows where the back of the net is, and I had quite high hopes for his confidence. Um, but the runs that he makes, um, his close control... He is an Estonian Messi from for that side of things. Yeah, um, he's always pressing. He's putting the effort in. He's, and I think he's in the top ten for distance covered in the league. It it shows you. And when you look, look at our passing network that I've got um, on our show notes, yeah, um, he's actually not quite central. He's off to the left. Yes, um, which shows you he's moving that in towards those channels, which is what you need from that type of striker. Yeah. But I think he would be, excuse me, so much more effective if he had a second striker alongside him. So rather than us playing the 3-4-3, I would like to see us play a 3-5-2. Mm. Um, I think that would be much more beneficial for Eric Saga. But granted, we only had four outfield players on the bench. Yeah. Um, I think that might have been contributing to our downfall in that game the fact that we can really bring proper fresh legs on um Knaus was um apparently feeling the side effects from having his uh cover jab so yeah he should be back for next for this uh weekend's fixture um roberta picked up um a minor muscle injury and who else was supposed to be in there but wasn't oh i can't remember uh, there was somebody else but um who was a late uh yeah i can't remember off the top of my head but anyway um so yeah so we only had four outfield players obviously john kempen the goalkeeper on the bench which he probably should have just been an outfield player probably would have uh, done a job for us just whack him <laughs> up top for the last 10 minutes of the game yeah um but yeah it was that was that's the darkest point in the in this whole entire season is our injury list right now i think it's 11 plays at the moment, might be 12 now. It's uh, just, 13 at my count. 13, okay. Yeah. So it's quite so, high. 
Grant, Grant, I think the actual number is 12 because when they were sort of talking about the mm-hmm. injury list, they they had Knaus in there. Yeah. But like you said, uh, a very temporary thing. But still, oh, yeah. um, having roughly, you know, half the team um, out. It's a full like lineup. That, it's, 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 it's genuinely insane. a full lineup because you've got Bill, who's the only yes. other keeper who's. So you've got your goalkeeper, you've got defenders, you've got Pines, you've got Birmingham. Yeah. Um, Adui Ariola. Ariola's out. Um, Roberto's out. Kamara's out. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. Kevin's out. Griffin's out. That, that, there's your lineup right there. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Um, but I think once we got those players back, we'll be we'll be laughing. It might take us a few games to bed them in and the new system and everything. But you know, um, a bright spot. Let's just quickly go back to that because I only gave Soga as a bright spot. Felipe coming back yes um i know um it was mentioned um on the tried and true uh podcast about him he was voted as their main man of the match um granted he was only on for 45 minutes but that says a lot about him as a player but mm-hmm. the comeback that he's had so he's been out for what seven eight months yeah he's come back he played well he covered a lot of ground he looked energetic. He looked pumped up for it. He didn't stop get, believing that we could have got something out of it. Yeah. Um, if you look back to when he first joined and the fans' opinion of him then, which was pure hatred, yeah. and there was not a fan that I would, that I would not speak to, and would they wouldn't have a good word to say about him because obviously what happened in the past... And I was just like, well, that was in the past. He was playing for another guy. He's playing for us now. Surely you should give him a second chance and show him what he can do for the black and red. And right. look what he's done. And he's just I, been phenomenal. Who am I trying to think of? Uh, the the old uh, Barcelona player who went to Real and, and came back and people were throwing, what was it, pig heads and whatnot at him. Was that Figo? Figo, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, you know... It, I think it's the it's a double effect of one he was a Red Bull, yeah, and two an absolute villain, yeah, for them, yeah, and it, so it was it was uh, quite one of those things. But you know, I think he's one of those guys where, regardless of where he is, um, he's he's not a mercenary. He's going to come in. He's going to absolutely uh, ingratiate himself to the fans, to the culture, yeah. to the locker room. And, and he's done a fantastic job of that. Yeah. I think anyone who would have said back in, in those early times, he'd be a fan favorite. I think a lot of people would have laughed in your face. Yeah. Uh, but now he is a firm fan favorite. He's one of my favorite players. He's one of my favorite people. Um, yeah. Felipe, if you're listening or if you're watching, I need you back on for the third appearance. I need your hat trick appearance on the show. Come on, let's make it happen. And we would need to talk about your comeback. Let's do it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, he's yeah, he's just a one of a kind person. He's just an absolute legend, and I think he it will go down. No matter whether he lit, if he was to leave at the end of the season or if he stays until the end of his career, I think he will go down as a fan favorite player. Yeah, a bit of a cult hero. Let's put it that way. Um, right. 
He'll be he'll be my at least my number two to Bronco Boscovich. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's my favorite uh, kind of weird uh, player that I I deeply admire for for some odd reason. But yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no, Felipe is is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so next up on on our 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 list of things to talk about um we've talked about the fact that we only had four players out on the bench four outfield players with one keeper we've covered our positives and negatives um what what would you have done differently in this game to make the result happen in our favor gosh uh you know know it's a big question that one isn't it it's a big question and i think um apart from having every player fit Yes, it's, it's, you know, I am not much of an armchair uh, manager type. Uh, for, for me, I am probably an idiot to, you know, suggest anything else that, that any legitimate manager could say. But um, I think, you know, I, I really like what Lasada is, is really trying to instill in yep. this club he's blunt and i think what he's really trying to do is he's trying to figure out you know who are the players that are going to buy into this you know yep. and, and you know he's he's given a really fair assessment i think you know he yep. he's been quite honest in talking about how fit the players are uh you know bless ben olsen um he never really got direct about that uh mm. he, he you know you I talked to him a couple of times and sometimes you get, you know, from him yeah. uh, about how he'd feel going into the season, but um, he, he more or less kind of kept things, I think under, under the roof uh, or at least within the locker room. Yeah. Um, Lasada is, is definitely um, a, not afraid to call out players. And I think no. that's the, the basis of coming in as a fresh coach uh, and, and, you know, wanting to figure out, okay, who am I going to keep around? Who am I, you know, I, th- I think this is a project for him yeah. and he's going to be direct because he wants to know, you know, who can I offload with, with no uh, sort of pretense and, and who's going to stick around. And, and so uh, yeah, I, I was telling someone um, kind of like a day after the game uh, on Twitter that, uh, this is, this is a two year thing. Yeah. I don't think this team will be legitimately, um, I think title competitive for about two years, okay. uh, because I think he is trying to shift the culture yes. around. Uh, I think, you know, partially this is a team that, um, someone enjoys the nightlife, uh, from time to time, yeah. uh, not in an irresponsible way, uh, but I think in a way that uh, under under a coach like Lasada is is not necessarily going to fly. Yes, um, and, and he's definitely called out players for their habits or you know how they've how they've spent their off seasons. Yes, um, I you know heard that that was um, pretty brutal. And and you know fair enough you know and and you know. Uh, gosh, back when we had Rooney around, you know, there were, there were some, some, you know, uh, whisper or not necessarily whispers, but, you know, talk that got out about, you know, certain things. And, and uh, you know, I can't imagine a lot of that has had changed over the past, you know, two or three years. Uh, So 
you know, with, with this whole culture shift, I think players are going, going to have to adjust and they're going to have to change a lot of the ways that they do things or else they'll be out. And I think that yeah. is what, uh, you know, the gaffer is really sort of throwing out there. You either, you either get into this or I don't really have a use for you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, to a degree, I think he's got the right approach. Uh, you know, I, I would have started uh, Felipe uh, over Nyman. Um, okay. I think considering the energy he brought to the game, that would have been a much better element to have at the start. Uh, Nyman, like I said, good player. But you, you in this type of situation, you need as much veteran power out there as my you know the yeah. mental uh power uh andy nahar you know um i think it would have been more beneficial to maybe move mora to that inside where moreno is and have nahar take that okay. wing um nahar is is and obviously you know he's had his own injury issues um but I think having kind of like that dual threat on the wings and I'm, I'm, you know, more, you know, I think, I don't necessarily think he's that much of a threat on that side. No. And again, we'll go back and, to our passing network. Yeah. And you look at the Mora's position on there. Yeah. It's in line with Alfaro and Briant, which shows that he didn't really make his way up that left side of the pitch. For sure. When you look on the opposite side, Gressel, Absolutely, up he's, in there. he's up there with Saga and uh, Flores, and it's just you, you need if you're going to attack, you got to do it both sides. You got to have that um, ability to switch things up, and the fact that you're just going down the one side, yeah, granted that might that might have actually been a key focus for Lasada in in the build up. Is the fact that they might have been weaker on that particular side, but switch it up every now and again yeah and and to be honest you know that's uh, <laughs> i guess going on to when i'm a virtual manager oh, yeah, whenever yeah. i'm putting together teams you know i always um try to have just that speedy threat on yeah. the wings um especially you know uh having and, and i think this is totally a component of gressel is is someone who can kind of get to that inside uh and and try to find space um, because yeah, he, he definitely was not afraid, uh, to dribble inside attack aggressively. Um, and as you say, put his laces through the ball, uh, yeah. he had a, had a, had a really nice, uh, shot, uh, sort of early on in the game or, or yes. maybe a little bit later, but, uh, he, he, you know, shows that he's definitely willing to get in there. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think having uh, Nahar fit ready to go. Um, is going to be a, a plus for us. Um, and like I said, I think bringing in Felipe uh, early on, I, whether, whether or not he gets subbed out earlier okay. than, than, you know, necessary mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, I think just having that early threat, because it's, you know, kind of getting into the Quincy, uh, yes. I'm in your head. Uh, he is that kind of player where you need that presence early in the game yeah. um, to set a tone yes. and get in some other players' heads because it is a psychological battle as much as it's a physical battle. Yeah, and I think in the next, hopefully in the next few games, we'll see Felipe starting and 
And I think our season so far has been a story of very slow starts. We've yeah. conceded twice um, in the opening 15 minutes of the game in three games. So we're not getting off to a quick start. And hopefully someone like Felipe on there, on the pitch, alongside Canaus, yeah, will shore that up and be able to dictate the game from early doors. To be fair, this San Diego team is very insane uh, on on that uh, which side um, on that you know left side. Yeah, uh, where you <laughs> you have Fierro, you have your oh, yes. uh, Lopez and Cowell. Yeah. In fact, that was kind of hilarious. Uh, early early in the supporter group chat, um, someone was like. Oh right, they have Yule, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah. no, yeah." And he uh, made his stamp on oh. the game, and and you know, yeah. I even felt it too because I watched that um, Honduras game uh, for the Olympic qualifying, and the way he kind of put you know the U twenty three team on his back and really like yeah. tried to to carry that into a win. Um, I was like, oh no, this is gonna, this is gonna go real sideways, I think. And, uh, that, that, um, what was it? That, that third or second goal, goal. no third goal. Yeah. Uh, off the volley. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of tripping. I I don't know if that was intentional or if he was trying to position or if he genuinely slipped up and put himself sideways like that. Um, but man, I, I I really felt for Chris Seitz in this yeah. game. Tough goals. Uh, Cowell uh, and Lopez really just kind of put really cheeky kind of kind of rockets yes. right into his near post where he probably wasn't expecting he sh- that. He should have had that covered. He should have. He should have had, as a goalkeeper, <laughs> one of the first things you get taught Speaking as cover your experience. near post. Yes. You don't let goals in at your near post. It's a common yeah. th- thing that happens um, and says gets set on football managers, one of the little written commentaries. Right. He'd be disappointed he was beaten at his near post. <laughs> and Chris Seitz should be like the daddy's it daddy is. He shouldn't be angry, he should be just disappointed. Yes. Uh, and 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 you know, like we said with the you know, light sides and dark sides here, you know. Yes. Bearing in mind, he also just had um, some really intense saves mm. to his own right. Um, yeah. Cowell definitely uh, just had a bead on him um, a, a few times. And, and I think you as well, uh, yeah. where he just came in uh, kind of facing a firing squad in this game. Yeah. And it, he held up the 4-1 scoreline really doesn't quite show uh, quite how much like you know he he really tried <laughs> um, it, it's a terrible scoreline but I don't think that that should be entirely reflected on him uh, there were a lot of things that fell apart especially with the fact that the defense showed their age showed their yeah. pace yes. against this incredibly fast team um, and and really left sights on an island there uh, for, yeah. for a few of those goals oh, definitely um, should we leave the San Diego chat there now? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, should we move on to uh, Columbus Friends? 
<laughs> Sorry, Columbus Crew. There we go. <laughs> Columbus Gang. Any other names out there? Do you want to the, give the, Columbus a new name? Uh? The Yellow Football Team, the, as, the, as the the supporter groups love to call them. Yes. Um, so then it was um, the show that uh, the MLS UK show. Um, Henry's Misses. Uh, I think they, she called them the, uh, the bees. The bees. The bees. I like that. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So next up, Columbus Crew on Saturday. The Barbersaw Bees. Oh, yes. Why not? Let's go with that. <laughs> it's at a normal time of kickoff for me. Oh, nice. Yes. That is for all of us over here on this side of the pond. It's kicking off at 6.38 p.m. to be exact. Because, you know... Why can't it just be six? The time it's advertised yeah. at six thirty, but you know, yeah. Um, so over on the eastern side, it's at uh, it's one thirty kickoff for you, Daniel. I believe it's a twelve thirty kickoff. Twelve thirty central yes. time. That's correct. Okay. Yep. So a great time for us, for everyone. I think. Yes. Involved. Um, that means my little boy. He will be able to dissect his first, probably the first half an hour before he goes to bed. Um, heart. Of DC United live coverage. Oh, that's lovely. Yes. Granted, it's not being shown over here in the UK on uh, national television, so we will have to tune in via other methods. I'm not saying yeah. whether it's legal or not, but it's other methods. Um, but yes, yeah, so we will be tuning in and hopefully hearing Dave Johnson mm-hmm. screaming it in the net a few times, um, or maybe some Russian dude. Oh, so or oh, just zero commentary at all. You were zero, yes. Because you know that that was what I had to do a fair few times last season, which was watch it on uh, betting <sighs> websites. And yeah. you got the stream in 240p. Mm-hmm. So not even standard definition zoomed yep. in on my yep. iPad to try and even get any kind of glimpse of it. And it was just crowd noise and that time, well, fake crowd noise. Yep. And some of the games, uh, you just heard Ben Olsen screaming his head off on the sidelines. It was great. I loved that. Um, but yes, so we got uh, Columbus Crew this weekend. Um, we are on the road again for the, this is our final game on the road, I believe, before mm-hmm. we're back home, um, which I'm looking forward to. But that's a little bit of breakdown uh, previous games in MLS for Columbus Crew. Um, so they've played two, drawn two. Scored none, uh, which means obviously they've conceded no goals. Um, the previous game was against uh, Club de Foot or Club Foot de Montreal, whichever way it goes around these days. Um, they had an expected goal, because this is a thing I love to look at, as I mentioned earlier, of 0.2. So they were rocking it. Um, they'd just come back off the game against Monterey, um, which was at home as well so it wasn't like they tried to travel cross country um for that one um and then the previous game in that was uh against philly union but they did have an expected goal of 1.3 now they do have that road game against monterey um by the time this show goes out they'll have already played it um last night um so either they had a shocking game last night and they'll be once bounced back or they're on a high and we can take advantage because they'll be thinking it's only DC United. Um, <laughs> that's how we're going to put it out there. Um, but as we're recording on uh, on May the Fourth, be with you. Um, 
you know, I had to get the Star Wars reference in there. Yes. You know? um, Nicely played. Thank you. Um, a little through ball on the Just to sneak it in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought. Yes. Um, they've got that road game, um, which is down in Monterey. They'll be traveling back. And it's only there's only two days difference between the games, which for me, yeah. that's a good thing because we've had to go through that many times over the last few seasons where we've had like nine games in 27 days. So MLS scheduling is just absolutely barbaric. I don't understand why we're not playing on Sunday. To be fair to Columbus, I think they should. this game should be played on a Sunday. You look yeah. at in Europe when you're playing in the, uh, the Mickey Mouse or Europa League, which is usually on a Thursday night. Yep. Sorry. I don't know why I said Mickey Mouse because that's the tournament that uh, Millsburg played in or Millsburg. Okay. Um, but you know, uh, we got to the you final. Were like, I thought you were like dunking on the Carlin Cup or something. Like oh, no, that, that was, I mean, the Carlin, uh, sorry, the, oh, what's it called now? The Carabao Cup? The oh, the Carabao, drink, yes. Energy drink to- tournaments. Um, but it was yeah. the, was it the Carlin Cup when Millsburg won it? I think it was. Yeah, it was the Carlin Cup. Um, it's known as the Mickey Mouse Cup over here. So yeah. um it's not it's not the big it's not the big FA Cup. Um yeah. but yeah, so Europa League stuff is played on Thursday and generally Man United will then play on the Sunday. Slow burn there. Um or they might not play, depending what on is? if they've had a protest or not. Oh an insurrection, if you will. Oh it's all it takes is two hundred fans to protest and the game gets called off. Man. That's insane. Yeah. Um, but that's for another show on another podcast of some kind a little bit bitter that uh um what was it nbc sports cut in for about half of the second half of the arsenal game no just double screen talking nothing nothing of the arsenal game they are just and it's literally like it was it was fans in the concourse oh let me oh Maybe I'm spoiled as an Arsenal fan and maybe, you know, I shouldn't be thinking, you know, as highly as, as maybe I should, because, you know, they've obviously lost the luster, but you're going to, and yes, they weren't, they weren't in a big high stakes match, but still. Yeah. Double boxing the Arsenal and there's no one even on the pitch at Old Trafford. It is there up in the in the in the concourse and it's like what are you doing and they've got like john champion or something like just just (laughs) basically kind of ad-libbing for about 20 minutes and i'm like oh i was oh were you a little bit angry a little bit because i'm i'm just like look it's it's over it's can can we get back to what we're doing yeah oh they just got to make a deal out of it. Yeah. Uh, good. Cause, Cause they were blacking out social media. So they obviously had to put it somewhere. Exactly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously uh, big fan of the, uh, the blackout of the social media over the this last weekend. Yeah. The, the abuse that footballers sure. get over on social media is absolutely abysmal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't understand why people would do that. You wouldn't do it to someone on the street. So why would you do it on social media? Right. Yeah. But but they had to put it somewhere. They had to double box the Arsenal game. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But uh, um, they didn't do that but, over here anyway. No, no. Um, but back back to the important matters here. Yes. Um, the game God, against Columbus Friends. Yes, yes. Columbus um, all bees. 
yes. Um, so yeah, as we've mentioned about a thousand and one times now, because we keep going off on a tangent. Um, yeah, they're coming up against Monterey two days prior to the game. Um, it looks like Zellerayan will be available for our game. He's obviously that big, big player. He had yes. a huge season for um, the crew last season. Um, There's a lot of talk between comparisons between him and Edison Flores. Um, mm-hmm. I remember reading up um, or hearing about you would pick Edison Flores and then you look how the season shaped out. That was a that was the wrong call, um, and and Zellerian has just been an absolutely fantastic player for the crew. Yeah, um, but I'm struggling to kind of think of how one this game could go, but two, obviously, what type of lineup they're going to put out because they had a two-two draw um, in the first leg at home. So Monterey have got two away goals in the bag. Mm-hmm. Now, do Col- Columbus go all out for this one and? reach the sem- try and reach the semi-finals of the CCL. So they put out their strongest lineup available and then they're tired for our game. Or do they have one eye on our game and and MLS is general and try and defend their trophy? So how I would say this is that um, after this Monterey game, they don't have another Champions League game until August. Hmm. So to, you know, if, if I am the Columbus, you know, coach, I am Mm. definitely going to um, consider that and probably, yeah, put, put that full. In fact, I, you know, all things considered, I think with, with it being a home game for them, um, I, I think you put out, I think similar looks for both games. Okay. And I think you just play uh, some smarter, more defensive soccer against DC United. Yeah. Uh, and, and just depending on how things go, how the fitness looks, you know, you just make some smart subs uh, yeah. against DC and you um, sort of try to ride that out as best you can. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, eh, I think some teams are going to be really sleeping on DC United. And I think yes. rightfully so just with the current situation as it yeah. is. Uh, I think you see that DC's wounded and you go for that champion champions league. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, depending on how things go, if, if, you know, players stay healthy uh, I think you give that similar look against DC and you just park the bus and you you sort of ride that out because obviously you're seeing, a, you know, United can't quite figure out that attacking third. Yeah. And then you, you know, sort of capitalize that and work on just sort of building up, maintaining possession. Uh, that's that's where. Uh, yeah, I think I think San Diego, they absolutely um, trounced us in possession in the first part of that game. It did. Yeah. Uh, I think if you, if you just, I think to a certain degree, you know, uh, they lost focus and I think DC, you know, really started to come back, but, um, I I think you're just going to have a stronger, stronger mentality coming from Sandy or, uh, from, from Barbasol, uh, (laughs) uh, especially since it's a, a home game, um, regardless of the fact that they'll be traveling down to Mexico. Um, you come back, you rest up for those days and you just, you know, hit the yeah. field with the best mentality that you can yeah so to me that sounds like that's 
going to play into our advantage, especially with the way we play our, or the way that Lasada wants to bring football to DC is the fact that he wants the high press, he wants the energy. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have maybe a player or two back from injury ready for this game as well. That could really work into our hands. I think Griffin's pretty much there, ready to play for this game. We'll have Canals back, hopefully Roberta. Yeah. We might actually have a normal bench. We can dream. We can dream we on can that dream. one. We can dream. Um it's it's starting to look promising. Um I I think it could could be a good game for us, I think. And maybe Jack will be a lucky omen for us. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's Jack's missing. I yes. Uh no, uh, if if uh Jack brings that sort of luck, uh I would I would surely appreciate it. Yes. Um but I, I think you know when we come to our predictions for this game, um sadly, and and I don't think the um attacking woes get figured out in in the span of a week. Um it's it's gonna be until the quality players come back and yeah. you know the system gets sort of built up. I, I, I really don't think we see the team really connecting with each other until about yeah. midsummer. Yeah, um, it's it's gonna be tricky. Um I and mean, we saw it in the in the last game, Assad and Flores just weren't connecting at all. No. I know there was there was one key moment. Uh, I was just I could have thrown my keyboard, um, which would have meant I would have thrown my laptop at the same time. Yeah. Um, but it was Assad. I mean, Flores was like three, four yards away from him. Yeah, he mm-hmm. absolutely smashes the ball. And I'm just thinking, you, all you had to do was just look out the corner of your eye and you would have seen him. You just had to just yeah. gently play it to him, not smash it as if he's going to sprint 100 yards to go and chase the ball. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing that they got those let them two in particular need to work on communication and the chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. Once that starts firing, I think, I mean, Flores, bless him, he's working his absolute ass off each game yeah. so far. He's been right at the top of the, again, the distance covered. Um, it's only going to be a matter of time before he gets his first goal. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I truly believe that. I think, I I reckon next two three games we will see Flores start scoring. Okay, fingers crossed. Yeah, mine uh, too. I think, I, 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 I I want to see some attacking players actually score for us. What? No, whoa, oh, whoa, I said... whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I mean I was dreaming. You're asking for a miracle. <laughs> I mean, we, we last season Pines was our top scorer. Be- oh. That's what, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I, I can imagine um, Lasada is probably saying the same thing. I, right. I think he's trying to light some fires. Um, something, yeah, something's got to give uh, to, a, to a degree. Yeah. There are two things that happen this weekend. Yeah. Uh, someone on DC United in the upfield scores. Yes. Finally. Uh, or Columbus, you know, find, finds their uh, ability mm. to score on an MLS team this yes. season. Yeah. Um, we don't want that. No, no. but uh, when we come to our predictions, you're, you're going to be very sad with what I have to say. 
and speaking of which we have come to that time of predictions so make me sad daniel make me sad there are i know i have to make a decision and my my final decision is going to be two nothing columbus um i firmly believe we're going to get blanked uh on this game um I, I think our defense is showing way too many holes uh, and, and um, just an inability to um, transition. Uh, I think even with our midfielders, like mm. they were playing almost a step behind um, San Diego last week where it was, like I said, it was watching two different speeds on the yep. field. And I just do not see that improving for this game, especially okay. for the fact that it is an away game yeah. in Columbus at uh, Map Free 2 is how I'll, I'll call that stadium. <laughs> I'm sure I saw that it's a new, it's a different, it's not Map Free anymore. No, it's, well, I, I think I, I'm, I think it's just Columbus Crew Stadium. If no, that... it has a new name. No. Okay. Just quickly. What what's the what's the I'm just gonna bring it up. Uh it is called the Historic Crew Stadium. That's right. It's I always mean, gonna what be what a naff name is that always gonna be Historic map Crew. Just it's because you move into a new free. one, you just can't yeah. just call it ah, it's historic <laughs> now. I mean the scoreboard is it's... a bit burnt, but you know, it's got history. <laughs> Historic Map Free Stadium. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. I will always dunk on on Ohio. But, um, you know, regardless, um, I, I just do not see DC coming away with right. any points um, in this game. I think you're going to have um, uh, Zilarian. Yeah. 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 I think I think Zilarian is going to absolutely uh, – fi- he, he scored um, – you know, against uh, Monterey. Monterey is is a top Mexican team. They are, and yeah. they are, no joke, um, a team I love to tune into okay. uh, at like 10.30 at night when they're on ESPN. Um, they're, they're just super fun to watch. Um, and, and, and I just, whew, I, I do not see us coming out um, oh on the upside oh. on this way i i hope i'm proven wrong yeah i i hope things go different um i i really would love to see some points come out of this yeah. but we we typically do not perform well in columbus whatever reason that is uh yeah. but we um seem to just hit a brick wall when we get out there um columbus they they love playing at home and, yeah. um, but, you know, like I said, there are two ways I see this and, and obviously, you know, I've, I've made my decision, yeah. but I think we avoid that, that two nil drubbing. If Lasada brings the veterans on the field yeah, and, and, um, with Nahar and Felipe, uh, and, and getting rid of, um, Marina Moreno and putting Mora in that position um i i i think we have a better result okay i think we still lose one to two but (laughs) i think at least we're going to show uh, a harder fight now i i i hope i'm wrong i i hope this take ages like milk um 
but I, I do, I, I don't, there, you can't really convince me that on week three, uh, you're going to have a, 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 all of a sudden DC is going to gel together and you're going to see a different thing. Um, if, if our defending players are showing the greatest threat on the field, um, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I'm going to be the shining light on this podcast. Bring, bring me off the edge. I'm, I'm going to bring, bring me home. I'm going to bring the optimism. So okay. for me, it's all down to the fact that Columbus, they're, they're going to be they're traveling, obviously, to Mexico and back. Um, they're probably going to be doing that uh, on the space of probably travel out on, on the Wednesday, I'd imagine. Come back late on Thursday night or on Friday, which means they're not going to get much training time for our game. Um, their focus isn't going to be there. I think we need to get that quick start. And if we don't get that quick start, I can see it being a nil-nil draw. And that will be Lasada's first ever nil-nil draw. So I'm going to just wipe that out because that's never going to happen. This is Lasada we're talking about. There's goals in every single game. Um, okay. I am going to say I'm going to be overly confident because I, I, I can't be any other way. I'm going to see us doing a 2-0 win. I, I'm going to say crew are not going to score an MLS goal in their first 270 minutes of game. That is that is That's incredibly confident. confident. I mean, <laughs> people out there are, are going to say that I am delirious. I am. I'm already saying that. I think yep, you're delirious. Yeah, um, that I'm on a different planet. But you know, I would you... say a different solar system. But you know, <laughs> hey, keep keep going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always find I always back the lads to do it, and that's yeah. a, that's a fantastic football manager saying. Um, Stu, Andy, I know you're going to be watching this. Back me up on this. I'll put it in the comments that it is an FM saying. Um, I always back my lads to do well. Um, I know Crew are the current reigning champions, but the fact that in their previous game, off the back of playing a home tie um, mm. against Monterey. And their expected goals was 0.2. Granted, yeah. Montreal have started rather well. Um, we'll give them that, which I don't think anybody was expecting. But I just find it really difficult to see how they're going to play it on a Thursday night, then playing again on Saturday lunchtime and actually bring that level of performance that they need to do anything in this game. Um, and I think we've seen it throughout. MLS over the last probably last decade, MLS teams generally don't do well when they're playing in the CCL. They always yeah. seem to struggle. We saw it with we've seen it with Atlanta United. Um, we've seen it with Philly so far this season. They've not done particularly great this so far. So I think I think we can pull a surprise here. I uh, like I said, and 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 bear in mind, as as pessimistic as I said, or yeah. you know, made my prediction. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm wrong. That's that's where my mentality is at. Is that I hope you're wrong. I'm wrong. You know. Yeah. I I, I would love it. Absolutely. I mean, um, all right, Kevin Keegan. <laughs> I would love it if we beat them. I would love it. Um. Oh, that's a great poll. Very nice. He's, he's a nice, he's a nice little thing for you. Um, I've met him. 
Really? I've met Kevin Keegan, where I used oh. to play golf. Um, he is a short ass. He is so <laughs> tiny. His hair makes up half a foot. I, I swear. Wow. He, he has such big hair. But yeah, I'm, he, it's where I used to play golf. Um, okay. Um, posh golf course. Um, don't play. I, I'm not there anymore because no, it's like 230 miles away. Um, but uh, he owns the house that was on the by the 17th green and the 18th tee. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. Winyard Golf Club. Um, it held a, a European Tour tournament, uh, the Sevi Trophy. Um, that was fantastic to actually be able to be a part of that and be a steward. That was awesome. Um, but I've met so many footballers. I've met um, many Middlesbrough players um, over the years. Um, I've, I've met. I've met an Arsenal legend, Ray Parler. Yeah, yeah. We we actually got wow. like house on fire. Actually, we we spent many times having a good chat in the golf in the clubhouse. Um, uh, French fullback Frank Cadreau. Um, that was a weird thing I remember him saying. So, you, when you buy a round, what do you generally buy when if you if you go into a bar or something like that? You buy a round of beers. Oh no, do, no, no! You get a round of shots. You get, oh, you okay. get people but going. it's it's alcohol, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I can't to Frank Cadreau. Cadreau. Oh, God, I don't know why I don't. I pronounce it like that. Jeez. Um. Buying a round in France is buying a round of meals. So all he did was just buy everyone food. Ooh, that was great. That's expensive. <laughs> Not for him. He was a, he well, was a British exactly. footballer. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I met a ton of people. Niall Quinn. He yeah. used to play. He used to play for Man City and Sunderland. He was a six foot five striker. Um, Irish. Wow. Um. For those who are listening in the UK, you probably know who that is if you're an old older person. Uh, Gary Pallister, former Man United centre-back. I've uh, played a couple of holes with him. Lee Catamal, um, beat him in a tournament. That was uh, enjoyable. Former Mills, wow. Millsburg and Sunderland player. Um, absolute piece of work on the football pitch. He mm-hmm. was aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, Kevin Keegan... I'm trying to think of well. Uh, I've saved a penalty against Thomas Sorensen, um, former Denmark international goalkeeper. So that's that's a resume right there. I know. It's those are the days. I was I was only a young young spring chicken back then, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I loved that. I loved that. Those days. They were good. I didn't have a care in the world. All I had to do was play golf. You you don't get that a whole lot in in South Dakota. That is, I can't imagine um, you would. The brushes with stardom are few, if any. Yeah, are the brushes with stars generally the ones in the sky? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I had to put that one in there. Um, right, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's go back to MLS. I was thinking yes. soccer, but we need to actually go back to MLS. So. Um, for you, um, I want to talk about the opening part of the season. So we've had three games so far, but mm-hmm. which particular player has been the highlight for you so far? Gressel. Yeah? Um, I think he is the player who just comes into every game uh, ready to work. 
um yep. and and to a degree like number two like flores is right there uh they they uh you know just kind of bring a americanism here uh they they bring their lunch pails they they so come they, to they work they, they do what? their job that their lunch, lunch pails their lunch pails yeah what the heck is that <laughs> the boxes the bins. Oh, lunch box yeah lunch box <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, no, they they are absolute workmen who yeah. um, come in and and regardless of what's happening, um, they try to maintain a certain level of focus and intensity, uh, and and they don't back down. So um, Gressel absolutely has been great. Um, Flores is up there, um, you know, but just overall it's kind of inconsistent or, yeah. or outright mediocre. Um, when you kind of look at the field and you see a, 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 a entire midfield unit, just kind of being flat footed yeah, and not necessarily transitioning, uh, as fluidly as Lasada's system really requires, yeah. uh, players to be, um, you know, that fluid. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know those are those are two huge bright spots, and I think yeah, once once we start getting a healthy squad back, yeah, and and hopefully a a sort of um, transition happens where the uh, health and fitness is greater. I know there yeah. there were some rumblings about I, I think it was Ariola who who said something about uh, running the players too much is going to hurt them and or whatever. It, 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 you know, I'm not going to say anything to Ariola, but, uh, you know, it's just, that's, that's part of the job description right there you is run. you got to run. Um, yeah. and, and, and especially under this system, um, yeah. I, I think it just, all the players are absolutely going to have to buckle down and, and change their sort of ways of thinking and, and how they approach this. Um, yeah. because otherwise, yeah, they'll, they'll find themselves, um, out, and and you saw that um oh god there the the mls reddit was kind of dunking on this uh guy who played for um atlanta united Mm. and he's he's now dropped down he was in usl but now he's down even further to a different league but he was you know a few years ago you know 17 18 years old or something and yeah uh you know youth national team star uh looked to be kind of the future um But then, um, you know, his his partying, his habits uh, caught up to him, and yeah. he sort of fell through. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those things where the the players either have to adapt or adopt the mi- mindset that Losada is trying to bring to them, yeah. um, or or they will quickly find themselves out of a job. So that's just that's the reality that it is right now. Yeah, fair. I mean, for me, it, I mean, my highlight so far. I would agree on the Gressel side of things. Um, I apologize if you just seen my camera change and you saw a little uh, Kit Kat come up on screen there. Um, it's just the camera software that I use and it's just decided to uh, break on me. So, you know, switch to the integrated webcam on my laptop, which is much, much poorer quality, but hey, ho, this is how we roll. Um, I think for me, Gressel has been a huge highlight for us. Um, as you rightly said, the absolute workman who brings his lunch pail lunch pail box lunch box Bin. <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about but it brings us lunch to work um yeah. but yeah he's been fantastic and the other highlight for me has been kiddos 
Yeah. Um, I for very similar reasons, his engine is ridiculous. He, the amount of running he can do, and and the fact that he's actually been playing up a little bit higher up the pitch as well, which is what he said mm-hmm. um, when I had him on in, on the first episode of the season, that he wants to be able to play higher up. He doesn't want to be playing in the defence anymore. He's yeah. tired of doing it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants to be playing up there, and his thing that he needs wants to work on for this season is getting higher up, and we've seen that. And I think that's been a real positive for us so far this season. I would say also a little bit towards Sorga. I know a lot of people have been, as you say, dunking on him um, because of the fact that he's not scored. Uh, he has had one shot on target so far this season, and that was an open goal, and he didn't score it, yeah. which doesn't sound great when you put it like that. But when you put it down to the fact that the amount of running he does, the amount of pressing he does, he's a lone striker up top. He's not got anyone else there with him, realistically. The two players behind him, Asad and Flores, aren't connecting too well. So when you've got him, who's had Sorga, who plays it to Moreno, who's lazing it off to Heinz Eich to -hmm. blast the ball into the top corner, which he nearly did against San Diego again. I'll point that out. Um, Sorga can only do so much. I know we're expecting them to be this Estonian Messi. His cross control, as I said before, is fantastic. Yeah. But he's he's not all that just yet. He's still very young. He's still very fresh. And he needs someone up there, someone experienced yeah. as a second striker to work and, and make that partnership happen. Yeah. So for me, again, he's been a bright side, but then on the flip side, he's also been a dark point. Um, but... Um, and, and I and, have... oh, sorry. Um, and, and you did bring up Heinz Eich and, and that is a name I would throw in there as well, but, um, I don't because, uh, well, while, while he did score that incredible goal, um, <laughs> which one, the, necessarily... the, the normal one or the young goal? Cause that was a pretty incredible <laughs> angle. That was, oh boy. Um, no, the, the, um, the one that he blasted in, um, yeah against new york right yes yes nyc oh i was in new jersey i forget now well they both are (laughs) i mean it's new city new york city new jersey city fc they're playing both states now so they might as well just merge them and the rebels you think so (laughs) at least the top stadium but but that's sort of the thing is is he's he's made flashes and I think yeah. he, he he again kind of brings a good attitude. Uh, I think yeah. he's a he's a great presence. Um, but you know you know the own goal uh, showing a bit you know kind of disorganized with Briant in the backfield. Um, yeah. he, he's got some issues uh, that he needs to work on and yeah. uh, and that whole sort of backline really you know it needs uh, work it's it really needs a lot of work so well you gotta um, remember three two of those three backline only started playing together the first game of the season alfaro came in the day before the season began and he for someone who's just come into the team and has already scored his first goal he's actually looked all right he's you'd think he'd be a bit more disjointed than he actually has been so for me he's been He's been pretty decent. Um, Sites bless him, a mixed bag, I want to say. Same with Brion, a bit of a mixed bag. Um, but that's just down to his age and the style of play just doesn't suit him, really. 
I think once Bam Bam and Pines are back fit, I think we see Breon move down the pecking order, unfortunately. Yeah. And then, but... yeah, that's it. It's The defence does need a bit of work, and unfortunately, we've got players out injured, and it's going to take time before that happens. So. And then you've got Bill Hamid, who's out injured, who commands the back line. So, yeah. so I just doesn't quite do it um, in terms of that style. He doesn't. He's not a commanding presence. Yeah. Whilst Bill is literally, I mean, you heard him last year throughout the season uh, when there was no fans there. You could hear him barking his orders. And mm-hmm. it was, to me, that was refreshing to actually be able to hear him and yeah. hear how, how vocally he is. But yeah, um, Sides, unfortunately, just isn't the same on that aspect, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But I suppose when the defense is used to having their orders yelled at them, yeah, I think he just needs to be a bit more yelly. If that's a word, for sure, and and you know, gosh, you're you're talking about kind of a rainbow coalition in that back line yeah. uh, with an American, a Frenchman, and I believe a Mexican national. Um, that's um, it sounds like the beginning of a joke. <laughs> a Mexican, a Frenchman, and a and a Me- and a, an American walk into a bar. Yeah, one says that. So so to a degree, like you know, that's that's quite the. Um, uh, sort of culture, cultural sort mm. of line you got there. And, and, and I think, you know, they, they really need to focus on talking to each other and getting in line. Yeah. And like you said, Alfaro, uh, yeah, just came in and next day was, was lining up. So um, that's, that's super, super tough. And yeah. I, it's one of those things where, again, you know, it's, it's stuff that's going to take time. Players are going to have to buy in. Um, but this does not change week to week. Um, so that's that's essentially why I brought my uh, sort of viewpoint to this Columbus game. And yeah. I just don't think it's going to end okay. the way we want it to. I say, uh, Like I said, I'm hopeful for us. We can do this. Bless you. Yes. Someone has to be <laughs> on this podcast. Absolutely, yes. I will, I, will bring, I will bring the optimism. And if you want to bring the pessimism, I will balance it out we can we can play off that and look you know that's the case if if at the end of the year i have to wear a middlesbrough middlesbrough uh uh kit i i i will be happy because i feel like i'm going to lean closer you know more draws and losses than wins um but if it, it gets to the point where i'm wearing that middlesbrough jersey uh I think that'll be a, a good take or a good cherry on top of the season, hopefully. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, so just to finalize everything, we're locking in the predictions. So I'm going for the 2-0 win. You're going for the 2-0 defeat. Yep. Yeah, cool. That's locked in. I've got that saved on my spreadsheet to keep a record of our predictions. So um, let's wrap the show up. Um, yeah. We've come up to a nice... I think it's about around an hour. Um, tell the good folks out there, um, if they're not already following you, where can they follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at S Dakota soccer. And yeah, from there, you know, uh, I do a semi-regular podcast uh, called Soccer Made Simple. Um, basically talking about a lot of the, you know, for, for people who don't watch the sport, I try to cover, you know, how to, observe the game how to follow it uh because i think that's sort of a thing is that there's not a lot of scoring that goes on but a lot of what 
I think people watch is more of how the game flows and, you know, how a team kind of controls the field uh, from minute to minute. So that that's sort of something that I try to uh, bring to that channel is, is how to understand the game, how to watch it. And, you know, even, even on a tactical sense, like, you know, what it means when they're talking about four, four twos or four, three, or, you know, three, four threes and whatnot, what, yeah. what that all means and, and the different approaches that coaches take to that. So that is, yeah, where you can find me. And, and I'm always happy to chat and, and answer questions and all that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so yeah, go check that podcast out um, and go and follow him on Twitter. And I think it's the same on Instagram for you as well, isn't it? Yep. S Dakota soccer. Cool. So go and do some following over there. And for myself, if you follow me on Twitter, thank you very much. But if not, it's at DC United Kingdom, Facebook and Instagram, because I am on there. Um, it's not quite as regular as it is on Twitter, but I do try and post on there. Um, just search DC United Kingdom FC. Um, I've had to put the FC in there because, you know, DC Comics stuff has had to yeah. already taken it. <laughs> shaky fist emoji if that's ever a thing um, yeah. and if you want to become a DC United Kingdom support group member just head to dcnightkingdom.com forward slash membership and there's also merch if you want it as well so, uh, this is a little bit out of date now it has been updated very recently um, but just hit the link up in the show notes um, in the description below and don't forget to subscribe and like this video as well um, but yeah, yeah thank you Daniel for taking the time out again um second week in a row to come onto the show and break down the games alongside me because it's always nice to do with someone else it's a bit boring on my own um and for you guys out there thank you for listening uh or watching if you're doing that on youtube um but until next time vamos united <laughs>